And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live on this hump day. Casey Jisclair is here, and we've got a fun, fun 90 minutes of sports talk coming your way. We cannot wait for what lies ahead. We will be live until roughly 1 o'clock. So, as we say so often here when we are uh, on play-by-play and opening up the show, if you're at work, if you're you know on that desk and you're you're combing through some invoices or, you know, whatever it may be. Put those AirPods in, you know, uh, go get you a cup of coffee, sit back in the chair, kick your, your legs up a little bit, get comfortable. We're going to entertain you. We'll provide the entertainment and we will make the next 90 minutes of your workday a little more bearable. We've got a fun show coming your way in the next segment of the show. We're going to James Schilling with Nichols Golf. The Nichols golf team is just fresh off of a great performance at the Colin Montgomery Invitational. We'll talk with Coach Schilling about that. And then, of course, you know we're going to talk about some tour stuff and some different things of the sort. At noon, Lance Crochet, Central Lafouge Baseball. His team got a huge win over Berwick yesterday. Everybody in the area is good. Like, I'm going to make that and put that on a shirt. That's going to be the official play-by-play t-shirt. It's going to be just a plain shirt. That has everybody is good across the front. We could sell it. We could maybe generate some profits and donate some some proceeds to to bless your heart or something like that. Everybody's good. They get a win over Berwick, a huge win for them in non-district play. 12-15, we've got the turtle on the line. Taylor Griffin and I will be chatting about who knows what. WWE, Nichols basketball, the Saints getting Derek Carr. Taylor and I will talk about it all. At the bottom of the show, if time allows, I'll get to our mailbag. If we can't get to our mailbag, then I'll do it tomorrow, but I do have a bunch of questions loaded up. Yesterday's baseball scoreboard is the continuation of a season-long trend. Everybody won. First, before we get to that, let's thank our sponsors, the Blue Boot Foundation, Neil Small Engine, Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results, Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche Athletics, and community youth sports organizations, and also Mr. Reggie Leday, candidate for Greater Lafourche Port Commission Seat E. Thanks to them for the support. Our high school varsity baseball schedule got washed yesterday. Um, Covington was supposed to come down the bayou and take on South Lafourche and Homa. That doesn't make sense, me saying down the bayou and Homa. Um, but the game was supposed to be in Homa. That game got postponed. Covington broke down on their bus on the side of the road actually out in the New Orleans area. So that game was not able to be played. We don't have any other games on our schedule. So uh, let's get you a rundown of what happened yesterday. Continuation of a trend. T-shirt, everybody's good. Hashtag everybody's good. Edie White goes on the road and beats Rummel. Four to six. Or six to four, rather. Edie White gets a six to four win over Rummel. Going on the road, taking care of a 5A traditional New Orleans powerhouse program. Hashtag everybody is good. Hanville yesterday beats North Shore 6-5. to five. They get a big win in non-district play over North Shore. Yesterday, Thibodeau wails on Central Catholic 13-5. Thibodeau suddenly is red hot. They've won several games in a row after a slow start to the season. We've been telling you guys that this was what was going to happen with Thibodeau. They played a brutal early schedule. Now that the schedule's lessening up just a little bit and they're not like playing Catholic of Baton Rouge every game, then now they're in a situation where they could pick on somebody their own size, so to speak, as the cliche goes, 
and they're faring much better. They're playing much better baseball. Thibodeau's going to be a tough out the rest of the season. I'm telling y'all right now, and they roll through Central Catholic yesterday. Assumption, hashtag everybody's good. They beat St. James 11-1. to Assumption is cruising. Assumption is playing at a high level. Assumption is the forgotten team in our local area. Don't talk about them as much as we talk about everybody else, but they've got just as good of a chance to make it to Sulphur as everyone else does. Look at the rest of the area. Morgan City was one that did take it on the chin yesterday. They lose to Delcom 7 to nothing. Morgan City's not a traditional baseball power, but they have won several games in the non-district portion of the season, showing that they have made big improvements. But yesterday, Delcom put it on their jaw a little bit. 7 to nothing. They get a non-district win. Let's see what else we had in the local scoreboard yesterday. South Lafouche and Covington got postponed. Berwick, I, I missed the biggest score of the day whenever I was going over the 5A scores. Central Lafouche gets a 3 to nothing win over Berwick. A huge win for Coach Crochet and his team. Big, big-time stuff, man. Berwick's a defending state runner-up. This is a Central Lafouche team that won like eight games all of last year. They've won eight games right now. And they're still young, right? Like, they're much better. They're playing at a much higher level. They're much improved in every adjective and every cliche and everything that we could use is, is relevant. But they're still young. I'm mean, on any given day, Coach Crochet is throwing a freshman out there on the mound. Or, or you know, extremely underclassmen players, sophomores, and they're, they're not even reaching the, the tip of the iceberg of what they're going to be. And they get a big shutout win over Berwick. That's a huge win, man. Like, that's big-time stuff. That's not like beating, you know, Joe Schmo high. That's beating a power program. That's a huge win for Coach Crochet and his team. Big, big stuff. 2A, yesterday, Homa Christian was off. Single A, we told you about Central Catholic and Thibodeau. CCA was off. They were scheduled to play Crescent City, and the game got canceled. So that was our local scoreboard yesterday. Everybody won again. Again, Indy White gets a huge win over Rummel. Central Lafouche gets a huge win over Berwick. Like, the teams just continue to roll. Nothing slowing them down. Today, in our local schedule, we could tell you that we've got East St. John hosting McDonough 35, Ellender hosting Grace King. That should be a good one. Uh, then let's see what else we got in the local schedule. That's actually it. So it's kind of a light baseball day, but we're looking forward to seeing how our local teams shake out. And I got a feeling... And we're going to see Ellender get a win today. Got a feeling that East St. John's got a pretty good shot to get a win today. And we could continue that momentum and continue that train flowing or roaring in the positive direction that it has been roaring on throughout all of the season. It's unbelievable what our local teams have done. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to James Schilling. Wrapped up this intro segment a little bit early. Why? Because I want a little extra time to talk some golf with James Schilling. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. The music on the bayou, the rage and Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and 102.7 FM. Hi, my name is Reggie Lede. I am running for the Greater Lafourche Port Commission, CE. I'm number one on the ballot with 31 years of experience in the oil and gas industry, from the drilling rigs in the Gulf of Mexico to managing one of the largest shore bases in Port Fouchon. I am a proven leader and focused on our future. I humbly ask you, my constituents of the 10th Ward, for your vote on March 25th with early voting beginning March 11th through the 18th. Paid for by the Regular Day Campaign Fund. you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. 
They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Following a natural disaster, it is imperative that insurance companies respond quickly for our communities to begin to rebuild. Louisiana law requires prompt adjustment of claims as well as payment following a storm. If your insurance company failed to pay your claim within 30 days following inspection of your property, please call us at AMO Trial Lawyers, 985-446-3333. That's 985-446-3333. You may have an additional claim for recovery. AMO Trowlers. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too, through good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. The Nichols golf team put together a really strong showing in the last couple of days, face, uh, faring fourth at the Colin Montgomery Invitational. And now we have the Nichols golf coach on the line now, Coach James Schilling, to tell us about the way that his team's playing. Coach Schilling, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Casey. Uh, it's great to be on the show again. Absolutely, my friend. You guys make the trip out to Texas and get the fourth place finish. Um, had some individuals perform very well, team-wide, a great showing as well. you got to be awfully proud of your guys, man. Looking at it, you finish with a score for the tournament, six under par. Uh, you, you hold off a lot of other teams in the conference in the process. Good showing for the Colonels out there, man, in Sugarland, Texas. I know you got to be awfully excited about that. Yeah, it was. You know, uh, fourth out of 15, you know, you know in the Division One field. Um, it's kind of what we measure ourselves against, so very pleased with the team um you know for our first two tournaments uh after the 36 old day we were in we were in good you know, excellent shape you know uh about eighth out of 18 and then upper middle of the pack at diamond head gulf coast collegiate but we, you know we just didn't play well the last the last round and uh 
We did that yesterday. Yesterday, we got off to a good start once again. We were up as high with the team score, you know, tied for second and still held on, finished, move up, moved up a spot and finished uh, solo fourth and in front of Southeastern and the HCU and Commerce and some other conference schools. So it was, it was a nice showing for the, you know, for our team and able to finish under par in any Division One golf tournament as a team is, is, is really good playing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, two individuals finish in the top six in the individual bracket, or individual leaderboard, rather. Ryan O'Neill finishes as a tie for runner-up. Braxton Coons finishes tie for six. Ten under par and eight under par, respectively. Man, when you start talking about double digits under par in a three-round event, like that's that's good playing. And not that eight under par is any, any slouch, but that's good playing, man. Those guys are playing at a really, really high level. They are. Uh, those two guys really are. They're they're kind of our one and two guys punch on the team, and you know we need those guys to play well for us to 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 compete every week. You know I told you last semester once we had Braxton Coons coming back from an injury, uh, I was and I had told you I said you know I I feel good about this team. I know what the team can do, what they're capable of doing, and you know they showed that over the past couple of days. So I guess now the challenge would be, you know, hey, obviously you want to keep the two big guns smoking. How do you raise up that floor a little bit and get some of those guys who are, you know, 7-8 over par, get them to 3-4 over par? How do you shave some of those strokes? Because, Coach, you know if you do that, you've got a chance to maybe start winning some of these tournaments, man. It, exactly. That's, 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 that's a perfect analysis of what needs to happen. Um, and I think, well, I don't think I know what you saw last tournament is, you, you know, we have some younger players that are in the lineup, even a true freshman, Zachary Morvant, who prepped at Vanderbilt Catholic before he moved to, to the Woodlands, who had a decent showing, you know, as a freshman as well, playing in, in the individual spot, but playing on the same golf course, same conditions in there, as everyone else. So uh, we're, we're going to continue to uh, change the lineup. We had three tournaments in a row. Now we have a break. We'll kind of reset, get back to academics the rest of this week, let the kids catch up on their academic work, and then we'll focus for the final push, which is a tournament in about two and a half, three weeks at same Houston, a week off, then we play Arkansas State, and then we play conference. So everything, we kind of have two phases to the spring semester. We did that on purpose so I could basically do exactly what you're talking about, reevaluate the entire team with our goal of having the best you know, six or so players traveling to the conference tournament looking for the uh, the automatic bid like we had an individual win about four or five years ago. You got three seniors on this group, but other than that, man, it's a very young crew. Don't even have any juniors. It's all all either seniors or freshmen and sophomores. So you got to be awfully excited about, obviously, the, the, the present situation, but the future also looks bright too, my friend, because you guys got some good young players in this locker room. Yes, we do. <clears throat> you know, and... You want to be mindful of the seniors that have put their time in and that have been here, but at the same time, the scores are what they are. And when you have a freshman and true freshman and sophomores that they're shooting the numbers, everyone else has to pick up their play. Or regardless of where you are in the lineup, you may not be traveling. That's just the way that, that that's the way golf is set up. That's just that's just it's it's designed to separate the entire team that you have towards the traveling group and. Uh, that's, that's what we're looking to do going forward. 
as you said, you got about three or so weeks, a little more than three weeks before you guys are competing again. And you, you mentioned academics and getting everybody, you know, situated there. On the course itself, what are some things that you guys are going to be working on to try to get ready for that final stretch run? What we did um, a better job of this week was eliminating more of the large numbers, hitting, uh, hitting tee shots and so forth out of play. And I thought that we managed our mistakes better. Uh, hopefully that will continue going forward because, as you mentioned, the first tournament of either semester, fall or spring, you can be a little rusty because you're coming out of maybe not ideal uh, practice environment conditions and stuff outside with regards to time to actual practice where you have decent conditions where you can gauge what the golf ball is doing. Uh, but I think going forward we're going to have enough time for, for that to kind of work out. Uh, we're starting to get into the better weather. Uh, golf season is here. The Tour Championship is up this coming week, and we're going to be playing similar latitudes, similar locations to where the weather should be conducive for us to be able to really get a lot of practice in. And just basically just summing things up this last week, we weren't as sloppy for the final round, and that was the main difference. Again, we were, we were in great shape after two rounds at Francis Marion, you know, uh, six or eight place out of 18 teams, upper half at Gulf Coast, and we just didn't get it done the last round. Very similar to what you saw with Southeastern yesterday. Southeastern actually was up towards the top and had the lead, and they wound up finishing fifth. It can, it can get away from you that quick because it's so, at the Division One level, the teams are just, so, the players are so good. If you have an off day and struggle, you're going to fall in the rankings. Yeah, no doubt about that, my friend. Look, let's talk some PGA Tour for a second. And, you know, it's crazy. About a year and a half, two years ago, boy, everyone was saying all oh, of these select field tournaments and these no-cut events, they're bad for the game. They're horrible for the game. Now the PGA Tour rolls out something that's exactly that, exclusive fields, no cuts. They're going to still do the four rounds. but and, and now it's universally accepted. The golf media, oh, this is great. Look what they're doing. They're making more money for everybody. Isn't it crazy how when one tour does it, it's bad, shame on them. When the other tour does it, it's, oh, my goodness, this is revolutionary. This is awesome. When ultimately they're both doing the same thing. I just thought that was very interesting. Very hypocritical of the PGA Tour. And it's why I told you from the beginning that the Live Tour was not going to just fall like people were saying. The media tried to, to make more out of what the Live Tour was doing uh, on their own accord and with their own funding mechanisms and tying in things that were involved with the Live Golf Tour and the backing of it, the financial backing, and trying to paint it with a, 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 a very um, broad brush, if you will, and embellishing a lot of the things and a lot of the reasons that the players were playing. What people forget, and I'm going to go back to this because there's a lot to unpackage here, but to keep it simple, what people forget is that the current players on the PGA Tour that were so outspoken against the Live Tour and those sort of events, they were playing in Dubai. They were playing in those same type of events back with the same funding groups when they were members of the PGA Tour. It just wasn't called the Live Golf Tour. Rory was playing in those events. Tiger was playing in those events. And those events, they were playing in them because they get appearance fees, huge appearance fees, which is basically the same funding that they're just now using for the live tour so then now we 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 go through all this back and forth and then now the tour rolls out the exact same thing smaller fields you won't have the number of 
guys at the bottom, you're going to have much smaller fields. So that, I, I would guess, would put more guys playing on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is the minor league tour. But they're doing the exact same thing that the Live Tour has done. They're just enriching the better players at the PGA Tour level. You know, the guys that could maybe make a million to $800,000 and get 20 starts a year, 15 to 20 starts a year, those guys are going to be cut out. Yeah, uh, it's crazy, man. That, that talk me through this, and, and you know, maybe this is just a wild theory. And if you disagree, feel free to let me know. I feel like some of this live golf venom has to do with Greg Norman. He's outspoken. He kind of toes the line of you know going across the line at times. Like I feel like if they would have put anyone else as their figurehead, some of this venom wouldn't be as lethal as it is. I feel like he stirs the pot at times a little bit too much and causes a little bit more bad PR than what otherwise would need to be. That's 100% correct. Greg Norman, for years, has tried to, years back, in the maybe mid-90s, early 90s, he was the forefront of wanting a world tour, okay, a world golf tour, basically similar to what you have with Liv and how the events are played all over the world, but he wanted the top players from the PGA Tour. Well, the PGA Tour got extremely upset with Norman about his idea, but then they took the idea to create what? The World <laughs> Golf Championship. Okay? So they used Norman's idea just without Norman in charge. If there's anyone else in charge of it, like let's just say, for example, Jack Nicklaus, or let's yeah. say Tiger Woods, or let's say Gary, even, even Gary Player, as some people like him, some people don't, but he's a world name. If it was anyone other than Norman you would not have the pushback, and you may even already have a merge-type league, more of a world league. And as long as Norman is there, I don't think that the two will merge. However, with what you brought up earlier, the PGA Tour model is somewhat following the Live Golf model, which tells me down the line there could be maybe possibly a merger. Now, what happens to the DP World Tour that's over in England, that's the former European Tour, and how that works out with it, that's all to, to be determined. But for all the people that were just so up in arms about, I heard this, live golf, that's a joke, it's not real golf. Well, the PGA Tour is basically doing the same thing. It's just not shotgun starts and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, you're so right, my friend. It, it's crazy to see how the, the response has been and how people have formulated their opinions. Before I let you go, give me a couple of names that you like at the players over at Sawgrass, man. It's always a fun event. Huge $25 million purse. Last year's champion Cameron Smith will not be playing because he's on the aforementioned Live Golf Tour now. What, what are a couple of names that you like, man? Yeah, it, it, just one final thing about the Live Tour. Typically, these things always work themselves out, and that, that's why I was just kind of sitting back and basically knowing that this was how it was probably going to turn out. And it, it turned out exactly, basically like I thought. The names for this week, right now it's, it's fairly warm. It looks like we could have some temperature change down the line. Shorter golf course this week by tour standards, 7,200 yards, more of a placement-type golf course, a lot of uh, uh, water penalty areas that you have to avoid. It's more of a dink and dunk. You have to position where you want to be, and you want to get the distances right into the greens so you can leave yourself with good opportunities and good looks at birdie or eagle. person hitting the ball over the place will have a hard time this week. I'll give you a dark horse. Everybody can pick the favorites. 
Uh, maybe not to win, but a guy to look at who I think is going to be up there, Jason Day. Jason Day has really had a resurgence this year. He had a lot of back issues over the past few years, and they've kind of fallen off the map. He's been playing some good golf. I don't like to give you just a scratch guy. I like Jason Day this week. I think he'll perform well. Hey, sounds like a winner, Coach. We thank you so much for the time, man. Congratulations on the great play. We'll do this again soon, partner. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Casey. Yep. Thank you. That's Coach James Schilling with Nichols Golf doing an excellent job. His team's playing well. And I, you know, if time would allow, if schedules would allow, I know I say this about the baseball guys, how I would have them in for a day and we just talk baseball the whole show. I could have him in here and talk about golf the entire show. And I know golf's not everybody's cup of tea, but it is a lot of people's cup of tea. And when you listen to that man talk about the ins and outs of it and then the political side of it with the live and the PGA stuff, I, you, there's so many layers we could peel off, man. I would love, maybe we will start doing that in the future. Like once a month, I'll try to get Coach Schilling to just say, "All right, can you block me out 90 minutes? We'll just talk some golf." Uh, maybe once a week would be too much. It would turn off some of the non-golf people, but I think once a month we could make that happen. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to Coach Lance Crochet, Central Lafouche Baseball. They got a huge win yesterday over Berwick. They've had a huge start to the season. They're on a roll. We'll talk with the old ball coach in the next segment of the show. It's play-by-play on KLEB. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafouche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse, 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. Here's Pastor Rick with a special message. Hi everybody, this is Pastor Rick Warren. Would you like to live an extraordinary life? One where you make a lasting contribution that serves God and blesses others? A life where you use all your skills and abilities and talents to pursue your dreams? Well, guess what? God wants you to live that life. In fact, he created you to live a life of significance as you pursue the dream he's placed in your heart. That's why I've written a new book called Created a Dream, the six phases God uses to grow your faith. It explains the process that God uses to deepen your faith as he moves you step by step closer to your dream. You can go to pastorrick.com dream and you can get the first chapter there. Thank you so much, I love you. Attention event managers, Joe's Septic Contractors has been there for you in New Orleans and the surrounding areas. Whether it's a construction site, fair or festival, let Joe's Septic Contractors help you determine how many potties and how much temporary fencing you may need for your next event. Visit joeseptic at viscom.net. That's joeseptic at viscom.net. Locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, and Odessa, Texas. 
At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. Pesky mosquitoes, gnats, and all kinds of South Louisiana bugs taking over your yard? Have no fear, Buzz Off is here to save your summer. Buzz Off is the only locally owned pest control company focusing on your outdoor living space. They use 100% organic ingredients, safe to all humans and pets. Check us out on Facebook or book your appointment today at buzzoffnow.com. Need our cedar beaters now? Call 985-333-8989 today to take your lawn back. Buzz Off Mosquito Control, safe, effective, guaranteed. It's unbelievable, man. You know, we talk about this every day now on Play by Play. It's unbelievable the baseball that's being played in this area. Yesterday, E.D. White gets a win over Rumble. That's big time, bro. That's without Weimer, who wasn't even there. Like, that's probably their best storm. He wasn't available to pitch, I don't believe, but a middle-of-the-order bat. They beat Rumble, get a big win there. Then last night, you get Central Lafouche beating Berwick. That's a defending state runner-up, man. That's big-time stuff. I can't stress enough. Our teams are rolling. Central Lafouche is 8-2. and two. We have Coach Lance Crochet, their head baseball coach, on the line now. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? I'm good. Casey, how are you? Doing great, bro. Your team is playing well, man. They won five in a row. They're eight and two overall. You're hitting it well. You're pitching it well. You're winning close games. Um, you got to be super proud. Last night you beat Berwick. We were just talking off the air. That's a big win, dude. That's a team that's going to win a bunch of games. That's a team that's battle tested. That's been on the you know deep playoff runs. That's a huge one for your crew. And you guys got it done three nothing. Yes, sir. We uh, it is a good test, man. They came in and. We've seen some hard uh, lefties this year, not too many hard righties, and they brought in a hard-throwing righty uh, <clears throat> that racks up a lot of strikeouts. And the first round through the first couple batters, he, uh, I wouldn't say he exposed us, but he showed us what he got, and then we came uh, later in the lineup, we came through, started putting the ball in play a little bit, and then wound up playing a little small ball, tacking on some runs. Uh, I think we scored one run in three different innings, which is what you got to do against teams like that, manufacture your runs because they're not giving you anything. Your pitcher, Morvant, was incredible last night. He only faced two batters above the minimum. He faced 23 guys total, seven innings, two hits allowed, one walk, eight strikeouts. Dude, you know, you talked about facing a great pitcher on the other end, but boy, with the way that your guy was rolling, all you needed was one last night because he was lights out good, faced two above the minimum, not walking guys, striking out eight. Morvant was unbelievable last night. Talk about the way he pitched. Uh, Morvon pitched great, man. He, he's a great person, and the best thing he did was understand that his stuff is good enough to throw over the plate. Uh, we went right at guys early and often and kept going at them, kept going at them over and over. And uh, and he threw fast curve change over and over, over the plate. In any count, any pitch, it didn't matter. Whenever we called it, he threw it with conviction uh, and gave him a run for that money. And I guess they just ran out of money. <laughs> Very well said. Um, I, I saw some pictures. Looked like a big old crowd, man. You, you, the community's buying into what you are doing. You guys got a lot of support. 
Talk about that atmosphere, man. Looked like a great day to be a Trojan and looked like the, the Colonel, uh, Colonel, listen to me, Trojan baseball community, rather, turned out in droves to support you all. Oh, that, the atmosphere is great. Uh, and, and here, look, with, with winning, with losing, there's learning. We're always getting better. Uh, we have a great uh, support system with the parents, the fans, and whatnot. And I, we have a great amount of students that come to our games uh, and support us as well. And, and we're learning how to do that uh, as a whole the right way. Uh, we've had some incidents and we're handling right now with some rambunctious students that are just very excited for our team. And when your program is learning how to win, you're going to get new challenges. And that's one of them for us that, that we need to get together and, and learn how to do things the right way all together. Because we're not doing them wrong. We just don't know how to do them right yet. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. And it's a great start. And it's a great problem to have. Yeah, for sure, man. You guys are going out to Morgan City this weekend. Who are some of the opponents you're lined up with, and what are some things you guys are looking to get accomplished on the field? We play Central Catholic tomorrow uh, at their place, and then we go to we play Homer Christian, and then we play the Gators. We get SP. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with some of the guys from uh, Central Catholic. I think uh, one of our guys from the organization is going to be throwing from throwing against us, which is pretty cool to see. And then we go and play South Terrible, which we're really excited about that one as well because a lot of our guys know their guys. We know a lot of their players and stuff like that. And uh, being around Mike and knowing Mike and what, what they're going to bring, we're excited for that challenge as well. But uh, Homer Christian, we don't know too much about them. Uh, so I can't really, really say. I don't know how much they've, they've played yet so far. I know Coach Bush got his hands full with football and baseball. Uh, but we're looking forward to the challenge, and what we do is, man, when we show up, we're, we're like we prepare ourselves to be the be the best team ever, not just to beat who's in the other dugout. Like it really isn't about them when we show up. Uh, of course, it's exciting going into games and talking about it and stuff like that. But once we show up, man, it's we're just trying to beat the best team. We respect our opponents. We fear none of them, and <laughs> we're just trying to bring that same mindset every game, no matter who we play or where we play. You told me earlier in the season after your first weekend uh, where you guys had took a couple of them uh, that were tough, you lost to Covenant Christian, you lost to Willow School, you told me, you said, hey, I, I didn't handle this properly. You know, I'm, I'm new to the high school level. I didn't handle my arms right. You know, maybe the guys were working a little too much or whatever. Maybe you said, I just thought we gassed out and were tired. Since that time, you guys have not lost. What have you learned from the early stages of the season, bro, to make sure that you're keeping enough bullets in the gun to get through the innings that you need to get through? Man, just how how things should be done to continue to prepare ourselves for not just the game that afternoon but for the future and meshing that development for the future with the – the success right now, I guess you could say, or the failure or the learning and development at, like that's in the moment right now in game. Preparing ourselves to win those games and meshing with the development, it's kind of coming together a lot better. I'm big on development. So, of course, we push our guys hard. We expect a lot uh, and demand a lot, and, and they give a lot, and they're dedicated. But you've got to do what's best for, for both and come to a happy medium. And we're still trying to find that happy medium because we still are pushing our guys hard. Uh, it's just, I mean, I haven't found it yet, Casey, I'll be honest with you, but we're working towards it and we're getting better at that. Uh, we've just had a good stretch where we hadn't played a doubleheader again yet, which we'll play this, uh, 
this weekend, and we're all we're in school, back and rolling. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds good, man. Um, one of the things that Mike Barber told me yesterday, we had Mike Barber on as a guest yesterday, and he said one of the biggest challenges whenever you got things rolling is getting high school age kids to keep Paul pulling in the same direction. Because look, man, they're on Snapchat and they're being told, you know, hey, you guys are the latest and the greatest and you guys are the best thing ever. And, you know, they're they're posting clips of their home runs and, you know, them stealing bases or getting strikeouts. And it's easy to get distracted. You guys are 8-2. and two. This is a program that hasn't been 8-2 and two in a long, long time. How do you make sure that the guys don't start drinking that Kool-Aid or that rat poison, as Nick Saban would say, and make sure that they keep doing the things that made them 8-2? and two? about more than baseball so it's really about life and how you handle success and failure uh two and eight eight and two nine and one seven whatever none of that stuff defines us it's to us objectively and from the outside looking in that's what people can talk about because they that's what you do in the sports world you talk about the teams that win uh and and it's a pretty thing and it's awesome that they can talk about that but for us we never we don't talk about that because we know it's more. We did address the fact when we were seven and two uh, last week. We addressed that two seven and two or two and seven doesn't define us, won't define us. It that doesn't define who we are. We know who we are and we know how we are, and that's what we have to keep up. Uh, do we want to win? Do we play to win? Hell yeah! But all that stuff becomes a byproduct of how you do things. Uh, but if, like if we just focus on eight and two and celebrate that in every meeting and was it and celebrate every win and saying that that's who we are and this and that no like we'll win a game sometimes because the other team lost it is that who we are like no we're trying to be the best we can ever be of course but it's just it's so objective from the outside looking in that we're not even a part of that to be honest yeah you no know what I, I feel you I feel you brother it makes complete sense man but. We've got to wrap up. We're up against a commercial break. We thank you so much for the time, man. Good luck this weekend. Hope you guys stay hot, brother. Appreciate you, Casey. Yep, that is Coach Lance Crochet doing an excellent job. Loved his answers. Loved his honesty about the way his team is playing. And they are good. They are good. This is not a, you know, for fake. This is not a, you know, you're facing 0-10 teams and compiling cheap wins. No, when you beat two uh, times out of three Covenant Christian, like you're doing well. When you're beating, you know, the likes of a new Iberian, a Berwick, and, you know, hell, Central Private isn't a bad team. And, like, you're doing well. They're doing things legitimate. They're doing things the right way. And that's a team that I'm telling you, they're going to not be a, a an easy out for the entire season. They're going to be there. They're going to be in position. And in that 5A district, when you could start throwing some of the guys, uh, Morvon and Davis and all the different arms that they have and all the different ways that they could score because they got some gap-to-gap guys. They could play small ball. They could beat you a lot of different ways, and that's what you have to have in district plays. You've got to have that ability to beat teams a lot of different ways. Let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, we're going to go to Taylor Griffin, our broadcast partner for our high school basketball coverage on KLEB. Uh, We're going to chat with Turtle about all kinds of stuff. You guys know how those segments go, so we'll spend about the next half hour with him. It is play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this. Hi, my name is Reggie Ladey. I am running for the Greater Lafourchepoort Commission, seat E. I'm number one on the ballot with 31 years of experience in the oil and gas industry from the drilling rigs in the Gulf of Mexico to managing one of the largest shore bases in Port Fouchon. I am a proven leader and focused on our future. I humbly ask you, my constituents of the 10th Ward, for your vote on March 25th with early voting beginning March 11th through the 18th. 
paid for by the Regular Day Campaign Fund. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Terrebonne General Health System is the largest healthcare resource in Southeast Louisiana, offering a high-tech and high-touch style of healing. World-renowned services include cardiology, women's health, cancer care, and a healthy lifestyle center. This is a true calling for all the physicians, nurses, and staff who make up our proud Terrebonne General family. We are here to provide healthcare for our community. To discover more, please visit tghealthsystem.com. It's Mike to tell you for Neal Small Engine Incorporated. Listen up. That's what we did at Gravely. We listened to lawn professionals. Then we brought the professional performance home. Gravely residential zero-turn mowers show the neighborhood that you mean business. Zero turns that are as tough as nails operate a comfort beyond compare. We've got 100 years of professional advice to perfect cutting performance. Just drop the deck, put the neighbors on notice. Gravely, driven from within. At Neal Small Engine Incorporated, locations in Homa, LaRoe, Tri-Parish Police Supplies is a top-of-the-line police, fire, and EMS supply store. As well as a great source for tactical and home defense needs, Tri-Parish Police Supplies is open to the public Monday through Friday, 9 till 5, and on Saturdays, 10 till 2. So stop in at Tri-Parish Police Supplies on Highway 311 today. For more info, call 985 873 9989. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafouche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Welcome back here to play-by-play on KLEB. Casey Jisclair here. We're pushing through hour two of the show, and let's have some fun. Let's go make a trip out to Old Luling, where we've got Taylor Griffin, our partner over with Dufresne Building Materials, and, of course, he's our broadcast partner on KLEB for high school basketball and the official public address announcer for Nichols basketball as well. Taylor Griffin's on the line now. Turtle, what's good, brother? How we doing? Man, first of all, I love that interest music you played for. Yes. You should have seen the strut I was getting walking outside. <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> man, I'm doing good today. How y'all doing? We're doing just fine, brother. Uh, look, man, I got to pat myself on the back here. Uh, we are hosting our dunk contest and our three-point contest and our skills challenge for Bayou Sports at the Lockport Recreation Center in about two and a half weeks. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this. Um, off the top of your head, and I know I'll put you on the spot here, if you had to choose, and I'm not talking about this year, I'm talking about just like ever. If you had to choose a boy and a girl to to bet your you know your life savings on for the three point competition, 
who would you choose? And if you had um, a guy to choose for the dunk contest, just based on people that you've seen, who would you choose at the high school ranks? Who, like, like, how far back are we talking here in the as, local high school? <laughs> as as far back as you want. If you want to go back to the Moore era and beyond, they go feel free. Uh, okay. Uh, three point contest. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Trey Bruce. That's a good one. Um, trying to think of just some of the best pure shooters I ever encountered. Uh, as far as a guy leading the way for for three pointers, uh, man, you really tough. Like you said, put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, you know, I'm trying to think outside the box and. You know, just think of, I, I'm sure I'm going to get messages from, you know, my, my friends at other rival schools here. Man, I can't think, like, outside of Greg Terrebonne and Kyle Fawcett-Kyle, like, who would be some good guys, you know, good, consistent three-point shooters that would make for a good contest. Uh, this is tough. So, so here's the thing, bro, and, like, A.J. Rainey would make, like, six threes a game, but they were all, like, off the dribble in traffic, fading away. Like, I don't know if he's standing in a rack if he's going to make the same amount of shots. Like, I, I was using the name Seth Ward. He was a role player that played with, with Fuddy and Elijah McGuire. He would shoot long threes. Maybe he would be a guy. I I don't know. I, it is a difficult, you know, conversation. I'm not sure the answer either, man, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'm thinking I'm even – not even thinking about who we broadcast, that I'm thinking playing days and coaching days. I can't think of anyone like who would need to be in a three-point contest as far as a consistent spot up, knock them down all night kind of guy. Turtle, turtle. Uh, I, I just got a text message, and I think it might be one that slipped both of our minds, and I think you're going to agree. Connor Brune, South Terrible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very good spot up shooter knock him down from anywhere he wasn't an off the dribble in traffic guy unless he needed to be but but he could just flat out shoot Connor Bruni definitely in that mix you you are correct you are correct there sir give me a dunker um, ooh. so other than myself I would have no uh, <laughs> If I were allowed to, I know, I know y'all doing this eight and a half foot goal crap. For, for the, if I was able to do that, now we'd have something. I was because I was very creative on the goal in my driveway, but never on the ten foot. Uh, man, Bo O'Quinn comes to mind because um, he could fly, he could get creative. I've seen him do windmills before. Um, he's a uh, I think he'd be up there, and just with his size and color, you know, he would just look like Mac McClung out there anyway. So that that's automatic. Like everyone's packing the gym to see what he's going to do. Uh, uh, Nate Fry comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, from Home of Christian, I know uh, he used to get up there. Uh, Jadante Fry from Edie White. Uh, let's see. Who was some like real nasty dunkers that we had to deal with as De far as just Devontavian Martin? De oh yeah, yeah, you correct, Devontavian Martin. 
he was, uh, man, he was explosive. He could take off from anywhere. He was, he was special. Still, still a special athlete to this day. Still going. Uh, yeah, I don't know who 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 am I? What's not clicking here? Who am I missing here, Casey? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, you know, I, I, I'm thinking back to Ellender. You know, Devontae Martin comes to mind. I'm thinking of Terrebonne. Uh, Didi Gueno was not really a dunker. Was that? Uh, Brandon Diggs. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Brandon Diggs, who I don't remember if he graduated with the same year as me or maybe a year or two after. Brandon Diggs. Is, is it Brandon? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Brandon Diggs, okay. yes. Brandon Diggs, who ended up being a Delgado Dolphin later on in his career, when they first brought the the men's program back, I saw Brandon Diggs in a game I was playing, unfortunately was on the other end of it, at Carabone High, and Brandon Diggs gets a steal for a fast break, and my guy Joel Fobb rushes to recover, gets in position, goes to take a charge, and Brandon Diggs flies over six-foot-tall Joel Fobb, clears him, dunks the hell out of it, makes zero contact. <laughs> he's, he's, he's in that mix for sure, kid. <laughs> oh, man, that, that, that must have been something to see, man. And, and look, just to be clear for the listeners, we're doing the eight-and-a-half just for the middle school kids. The high school kids got to dunk on ten. <laughs> so we're not going to make it too easy for them. Bro, we, we got Caleb Huffman booked, and we're going to talk about Nichols in just a minute. Go and find Caleb Huffman on Twitter. And it's pinned. It's sticky. It's to the top of his profile. The reason why I asked him is based on a dunk that he did at his previous school. Just go check that out, bro. Uh, give you a spoiler. He does some very similar stuff in a game that Brandon Diggs did to Joel Fobb. I'll give you a hint on that. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to have to go check that out there. So let's talk about the Colonels, man. Look, I, I'm not going to lie. It was a disappointing finish, bro. You, you lose your first Southland Conference tournament game. You kind of leak oil coming home all the way down the stretch. And here's what I think happens, dude. And and look, by all means, I'm not calling out Austin Clunch. I'm I'm not. You know, he's a great coach. He's done great things for the program. He's kept that Richie Riley momentum going forward. But here's where I think, objectively, Austin Clunch can maybe tweak some things going forward. And you tell me if you agree or you disagree. <laughs> I, the thing that I noticed with Nichols, bro, is they don't really have like any set plays or any quick hitters, or anything that like could steal them a bucket or two. So as a result, early in the season, the style of play is so different because it's just, hey, let's roll the ball out, let's go play, we're going to pressure you, we're going to play man-to-man, we're going to just kind of play off the dribble, pick and roll high, like let's go and be good athletes. Early in the season, teams have a hard time adjusting that because it's so different to anything else that they see. Late in the year, much like what used to happen to the old Houston Rockets teams that I love so much, as teams got more tape, they figured it out more, they slowed it down more, they made things more difficult, they studied what other teams did that worked and replicated it, and it makes the offense a grind. And that's what I was thinking as I was watching Nichols the last two, three months of the year, or two, three weeks of the year, rather. The offense just doesn't look like it's free-flowing anymore, and I think teams just kind of figure it out. So in the future... I would love to see them come up with a couple of more sets, brother. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, man, the 
the style of play and the pace is so frantic. It's hard to keep up and pick them apart and notice how many set plays are being called. And also, taking it a step further, how many of these set plays are being completely followed through by the guys on the floor yeah. who made this think, Oh, I know this is the play, but I see an opportunity to go make this play instead. I know a lot of times that just happens in the flow of the game. But, um, yeah, I do agree with you. I'd like to see more sets. I'd like to see more just hitters for the playmakers. And I would also like to see, you know, not necessarily something you lean on all game, but I'd like to see some grinded out. 25 second long possession plays that sometimes you just have to call to to just get the guys to relax. And I know that's not their style. I know that's not their bread and butter. But you know that's 25 seconds that the that the other team doesn't have the ball in their hand. That's 25 seconds of we're not running and gunning. And you know if you have an opportunity, you could call a set play that in reality is three set plays in a row that are quick hitters that are just meant to relax people. It's like, hey, if we don't have a layup here, just flow into this one. And if we don't have a layup there, just flow into this one. And then, you know, if we got to go, we got to go when there's five, four, three seconds left on the shot clock. I'd like to even see some of that in the mix just to throw teams off. And, you know, more often than not, you're going to surprise yourself. And, man, they weren't ready for that third, uh, you know, back screen and double stagger and after the fifth reversal that you know they weren't ready for that and we're gonna get our layup you know I, i'd like to see some of that in the mix you know when the pace it just isn't happening in your favor it's a good way to relax your guys and get them to just start thinking about one thing and it gets them to forget about the last play the last mistake they made and it, it turns into a layup and then after that you know everybody's comfortable and happy again Man, that was a much-needed layup off of a beautiful backdoor play. Now we can get back into our flow. Now we can get back to the run and gun. I'd like to see some more like that. Brother, the Colonel's got a big offseason coming up. You're replacing Merrick Nelson. You're replacing Tyrese Terrell. You're replacing Caleb Huffman. You're replacing Latrell Jones. Um, Amir Paul reclassified. He'll be back. But you're replacing Manny Littles, Eduardo Delcadia. And I mentioned this yesterday, is that, look, the way that Coach Austin Clunch builds his team has worked. There's no doubt about that. But, boy, it puts a lot of pressure when every single offseason you've got to hit home runs in the portal, and they're in that same situation. They've got to hit home runs in the portal because they're losing a lot of scoring, they're losing a lot of rebounding, a lot of toughness, a lot of effort, and I'm curious to see what names they bring in to try to supplement that. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I'm curious, but I'm not worried. Uh, I think Austin Clutch is a home run hitter. I think this new style of recruiting and building a team and all of this is uh, it, the way they do it. I, I think it works. You know, did they have a disappointing season? Yeah, they kind of did based on our expectations. You know, what were some of it due to potential, you know, bad circumstances? Uh, you know, with the way the conference tournament is laid out. Yeah, and I'd like to touch on that on the next topic, but. Anyway, um, I think, still in all, it's a successful program that is on an absolute roll, and Coach Kloss is going to hit another homer out the park this offseason. I've got no doubt in my mind that, you know, 
I don't know if it's easier or harder. I don't know if it's harder work or less or, you know, not as difficult. I'm not sure, but to just go in the portal and find guys who are not happy at, you know, bigger programs that are just looking for an opportunity that are very talented and they just, just haven't really found their home. You know, go find some guys that are already developed, already ready. They've, they're three, four years removed from high school, and they just want to go and ball out. That's working. Do it again. And I, I don't see why they can't hit another home run with a fresh new batch of fourth- and fifth-year guys who are just flat-out ready to roll. I, I'm excited for it. And when they pair it with Josh LeBlanc, who's just sitting here waiting, you know, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt about that. So, you said that you had some issues with the Southland Conference Tournament. I, I do, too. I'll lead off. I don't like the fact that McNeese was the host and was playing home games as the eighth seed. I think that the Southland Conference Tournament, the Southland's a small enough league to where I think the number one seed should host the tournament annually. I think that that would be a true home court advantage, true home field advantage, and a reward for winning the regular season title. The double bracket or double bye thing, eh, it is what it is, right? But what were some of the issues you were seeing as you were seeing the tournament play out? Yeah, man, just the Southland Conference as a whole. And look, one way or another for like 15 years, I've been in and out and around this conference and I've seen all sorts of things, good and bad. And I have a lot more good to praise than bad to complain about. Let me just say that. You know, we've seen, I mean, you and I and other people on social media, there's all sorts of sports organizations out there that we could criticize all day, every day. They just can't seem to get it together. Major League Baseball can't seem to get it together. There's always something up with them. There's always something wrong. Uh, the WNBA, there's always something to complain about. There, there's always, you know, something's not right. Um, you know, I, I could go on and on and find different sports organizations. The XFL, the USFL, there, there, there's, there's always... There's always something going wrong. The Southland Conference, I've got no complaints about. I learned a little bit about how they operate. I learned a little bit about their budget. I learned a little, you know, there's no, you know, there's no bullying from the higher-ups influencing the decision-makers from what I could see. I'm not seeing a whole lot of money being passed around and influencing things. I don't see – it's not like the SEC is subsidizing them and making them stay afloat. It's not like the LHFAA where, you know, sometimes the hammer goes down on their own people and then they turn a blind eye to the people who cheat. I'm not even, I'm not even talking about that. That's another terrible sports organization. <laughs> can't get it together. But I hope they listen. No, Southland Conference is not that. The Southland Conference, from everything I've seen and learned and experienced, does the best they can with the cards they're dealt. They make the absolute best out of the situations they're given, the money they're allowed to use. They, they, they work within the budget, and they make good things happen. Now, in the past, this tournament was always in Katy, Texas, at a neutral site. Now, also, in the past, I don't know if this has something to do with it, you used to have San Antonio. You used to have Texas State, Stephen F. Austin, uh, Sam Houston State, uh, Texas Arlington. 
all of those schools used to all be in that conference. Katy, Texas was pretty relatively neutral for all these teams spread out everywhere. Now, granted, wasn't an exciting place to play. Not really. Like, it was just out of everyone's way, and not a whole lot of people went to the games. But it was neutral. It was fair. It was a cool destination to go to. How we ended up in Lake Charles, Louisiana, maybe it has something to do with now it's more central for the teams that are not all spread out all over the state of Texas. Maybe that's it. I don't know. If someone could call in, text, email, whatever, let us know how that happened. Is it a bid process? Casey, do you know the answer before I continued on this? Yeah, it's a bidding process. They they won the rights. They were the highest bid, and uh, they've got their new arena out there. Yeah, it was just all part of that little package there they put together. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I suppose that is fair if that's the cards you're going to deal. I don't agree with the card dealing. I don't agree with the decision making. Now, before anyone says, could you do better? I, I don't know. It's not my job to do better. I'm not getting paid to do better. I'm not getting paid to make those decisions. But if that was my job and that was what I was getting paid for, yes, I think I would have some better ideas. Like, I would agree with a bidding process where you could potentially end up with the exact thing that went wrong this year. The eighth seed in the tournament, the worst team in the tournament, is home court advantage. I, I realize it's at the Legacy Center and it's not at, you know, the house that Joe Dumars built and it's not on campus, but still, it's it's right down the road. These guys are sleeping in their own bed. And that's where they play their home games now, too, by the way. Oh, it is where they play their home yeah. games. Now. Even worse. That makes, that makes my rant even more powerful. Yep. That, that's, that's so much worse. These guys aren't scrambling on game day for pregame meal to see what golden corral can we find down the road to stay within the budget and feed the team on game day. No. Like, these guys are at home playing at home. That makes this so much worse. All because they want a freaking bid? Man, I don't agree with that. And so the eighth seed has home court advantage because they won the bit. Like, it doesn't make sense. That right there, that's the first time I've been this terribly disappointed in the Southland Conference for allowing something like that to happen. And to take it a step even further, I'm sick of the double buy and single buy thing. When they start, you know, back when it was at the, the Merrill Center in Katy, Texas, back in the mid to late thousands going into 2010 everybody played it was one versus eight two versus seven three versus six four versus five it was a fair tournament then a bunch of extra teams joined the conference and i think at one point correct me if i'm wrong everybody made the tournament didn't they allow like 12 at some point yeah there was a big old sloppy tournament which started the buys and then there was a need for these double buys and single buys you know, to help clean up some of the first round. There's a need for that. There's a need for it. Look at the SEC tournament. Like, every team in the tournament, every team in the conference is in the tournament. You need these buys. They make sense. It's only going to take eight teams to the tournament. Get rid of buys. It's stupid. It, it's, it's pointless. One versus eight, two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. It's basic tournament structure. There's no need for that. So, Look at what happened. One and two had a first and second round by. Three and four had a first round by. So the first day of playing, five versus eight, six versus seven. Number eight has home court advantage. They beat number five, which they probably didn't deserve to do. But, you know, 
we, we could debate all day back and forth. Number five should have had a better season and not put themselves in that position. But number eight beat number five. And then what happens on day two? Number four, Nichols, who was sitting out, has to go on day two and play a team who just built up momentum by winning a first-round upset on their home floor. And then they beat Nichols. I think Nichols gets screwed there. Now, look, before anyone attacks me, Nichols should have done a better job, should have won some more games, and shouldn't have been in the fourth seed. That's on them for getting themselves in that position by their performance all season. But it still landed them in an unfair situation by having to play the eighth seed who's hosting the tournament on their home floor. And they just built up momentum because they played day one and Nichols didn't play day two. And then look what happens on day three. Number eight plays number one and gets whopped on their home floor, which is exactly what should have happened in the beginning. Number one is supposed to whop number eight in round one of the tournament. But it took three freaking days for us to get here. That <laughs> I was, I'm extremely disappointed in the Southland Conference for allowing this a travesty like this to happen with, with their, their end-of-the-season basketball tournament, and I think they need to do a better job. That right there, I could not wait to get off my chest, and I feel better now. <laughs> so, so on the flip side, look, and, and, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think the double-buy thing is kind of clumsy, but I could tell you why they did it, is that when a conference wins an NCAA tournament game, the entire conference gets a bunch of moolah. So by weighting it extremely heavily for the one and the two seats to actually win the conference tournament, it makes it more like, but look, man, you and I both know, Corpus Christi's more likely to get in the big dance and upset somebody than Lamar would be. So they're trying to get the team that's 20 and 10 into the tournament and not the team that's 7 and 25 into the tournament. That's what they're trying to do. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I'm just letting you know it is a financial decision. Uh, from a money standpoint, yeah, yeah, it does make sense. But you know what else makes money? Send the freaking rail of stories. Yeah, right. So if the eight seed who had a 10-20 and 20 season makes it, good for them. They deserve it, and everybody's going to be watching, and it's going to be the number one most watched game on the, on the TV if, if they do go in with a little momentum. But, yeah, I get it from a financial standpoint, and it's, statistics and likelihood understand what you're saying i'm just i'm disappointed in how everything ended up yeah yeah no doubt man let's talk about some wrestling brother uh on monday night raw they continue to add another layer to the onion so to speak is you get uh a situation where the bloodline looks like they're gonna get ripped apart um you know the usos look like they're gonna split apart and you got uh, Jay, who's hugging Sami Zayn and looking like he's siding with him. And then right as the crowd is freaking out and they're chanting obscenities to show their pleasure with the situation, we get a super kick and we get a mall dragging in the ring and we get another huge pop, another huge ratings number, and some more must-see TV, quite frankly, bro. Even some fans of mine or some friends of mine who are not big fans of the sport are becoming fans of this story. I'm sharing it on Twitter, and they're freaking out and saying how cool it is. Just continues to keep on keeping on, brother. Yeah, you're right, man. It's uh, I, I know we say the same thing every year. Uh, every year, every week, I, I feel like we're working for the company and promoting them right now because <laughs> people just don't believe it. Like we, I, I could go on and on and on about how how special this story is and how you know. One day, you know, if they continue to 
have these pops every night. They continue to make you second-guess everything. They continue to just blow our minds. One day, and, you know, if they reach the big payoff and they close this story the right way, this one day could be talked about being one of the greatest wrestling stories ever told. I mean, this is right up there with The Undertaker and Kane. This is right up there with, you know, Austin and Brett and a double turn. And, I mean, this is, it's it's amazing work in the ring, out of the ring, amazing storytelling. It's, you never know what direction they're going to go. And they, they keep, just when you think you can predict it, they, they throw another curveball and it's like, I cannot wait for WrestleMania. It's all the buildup is going to be so worth it. This, uh, every show, week in and week out, it's, it just blows us away. So, let me ask you this, bro, and there's a lot of debate about this on social media. John Cena came back and just brutalized Austin Theory on the mic Monday, and there are two schools of thought. School A is, you know, hey, they're really high on Austin Theory. He's going to beat Cena at WrestleMania. And then he's going to be part of a big, big, you know, push for him. School B is, well, Triple H don't like Austin Theory. That's why they made him kind of piss away the money in the bank situation. And, you know, Cena's going to bury him until Mania, squash him at Mania, and then he's going to kind of be at the bottom of the card. How do you see this going, bro? Because through one promo, John Cena put him in the mud, man. I'm curious to see how Theory recovers from that as the, the feud continues to progress. I personally hope he doesn't recover, Casey. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't like him either, man. He's he's the his wrestling style and his whether with his mouth or his actions, his storytelling in the ring, it just doesn't do it for me. It reminds me of that sign, you know. It eventually became a meme, and it's like. Uh, that long sign as the kids hold it up, it's like a paragraph, and it's like, you know, sir, just so you know, we're not booing because of your amazing heel work. We're booing because you're simply awful. Um, <laughs> I, I can't get into him. I understand doing heel work and getting booed and getting negative reactions. He's doing his job, but it's, just it's not even catchy it's not even good heel work it's just aggravating it's just a little gnat he needs to go away i don't like it i don't like his his size and his style don't match the size of his arms and and how tall he is doesn't match his body doesn't make sense he doesn't pass the eye test Sorry for all my friends out there who fit this category. He's freaking way too left-handed, and it's aggravating. It's so <laughs> ugly to watch him perform. It's so – any wrestling fan out there, that there's no way anyone can, can disagree when I say, you know, whether you like him or not as a fan, Shawn Michaels is one of the greatest performers the ring has ever seen. Shawn Michaels is left-handed, and you never knew that until you Googled it or until you heard me say it. You didn't show it. Austin Theory and his dominant left-hand attacks are disgusting to watch. 
I can't do it, man. It's 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 uncomfortable. <laughs> it's it's not common. It's, it's not believable. There's no there's no dominant left-handed people in in anything with a few special situations, a few special circumstances. There's a few exceptions, but they just they look so dirty and uncomfortable to watch. I mean, yeah, I get it. Bill Russell was left-handed, but he played so long ago it doesn't matter. Michael Vick was a special one-in-a-million case, and everything he did on the field was beautiful. I get it. But, man, like, just dominant, left-hand dominant athletes are just gross to watch to me. I just I can't do it. It's, it's uncomfortable. And Austin Theory falls into this category, and that's like 65% of the reason why I don't like him. Well, James Harden's left-handed, so folks, this will be the last Wednesday that we have Taylor as part of this uh, program. Uh, <laughs> before we let you go, dude, I want to ask you one more question. Um, at the AEW pay-per-view this weekend, MJF threw um, a cup of or like a beverage on a child. And on one hand, it's like, okay, this is old school heat. Like, this is really cool. And look, to be fair to MJF, it was a clear liquid, so... He may have thought it was water. Turns out it was tequila. If someone pours tequila on your child at a wrestling show, brother, is it, hey, that's great heat, or is it, hey, I'm about to beat your ass, bro? What, what would you think if that happened to your kid? Man, it depends how old my kid is at the time. Like, present-day, five-month-old kid, or I would be bringing to an event. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there'd, there'd be a problem, and I'd be hopping the rail. Uh, man. The the old school fan in me just kind of shakes it off and applauds the brilliant heel work. And then the business quick thinker in me immediately complains to everyone involved, knowing that I'm probably going to get more than just an apology. Me and my kids are about to go backstage and have the best experience of our <laughs> lives. So I'm taking full advantage of that. And pretending to be a whole lot more pissed than I am, because buddy, I'm not a so happy guy, and I'm not an ambulance chaser. But I'm taking advantage of a situation you just screwed up for your company, and me and my kid are traumatized by getting tequila thrown on us. A child? Are you kidding me, sir? Blah blah blah. I'm I'm making a scene, and now we're going backstage and meet everybody, and we're gonna have a memory that lasts a lifetime. So I'm turning it into a positive experience. But, yes, I'm with you. It's not my kid. Yes, absolutely brilliant heel work. But the fact that it ended up being coincidentally tequila on a child (laughs) at the end of the day, yeah, that's a little bit too far. Uh, Could have at least smelled it or pretended to drink it before making that decision. But uh, that's, that's... the business, that's what it is what it is. Like, dude, if you're playing, like, just get a plant, bro. Like, you could find a, a wrestler's kit. Like, just get a plant. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Brother, we thank yeah. you so much for the time. Good job, as always. Can't wait for next Wednesday, partner. Yes, indeed. Uh, my deepest uh, condolences and apologies to all the left-handed listeners out there. <laughs> not, nothing personal. It's just the way my, my eyes and heart respond to these things. But on a serious note, uh, thanks for having me. See you next week. Go Tarps, and God bless America. Yes, sir. That is Taylor Griffin doing an excellent job, as always. Learn something new today. Turtle hates left-handed people. Um, didn't know that about my partner. 
Uh, but uh, we learn something new every show, I guess, right? Thanks uh, so much to him for his time. Let's catch a quick break. When we get back, we'll get our betting picks. We have overshot our Q&A segment. We'll do that tomorrow. We'll be right back with some betting picks here on KLEB. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM. I'm Dean Sabo, candidate for Great Lafourche Port Commission CD. A lifelong resident of the 10th Ward, retired from Lafourche Parish Sheriff's Office in 2021 with 37 years of law enforcement. My first goal is to increase the depth of Bell Pass Channel. This will diversify the port, creating jobs and good-paying salaries for all people in our community. Growing opportunities will provide a better quality of life for our residents. Please vote for me on March 25th, paid for by the Dean Savoy Campaign Fund. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Chevrolet Suburban, Tahoe, Traverse, Blazer, Equinox, Trailblazer, Trax. Looking for the room to haul your passengers and cargo area to fit your needs? Golden Motors has your SUV waiting for you. Come on in and check them out. Special APR as low as 2.9% for 60 months on 2023 Chevy Equinox. Hurry before it's gone. Chevy, find new roads. Golden Motors, 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff. On the back road, 325-1000. Price is priority. 2.9% APR with approval through GM Financial. See dealer for details. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your State Farm agent has your back, too, through good times and the not-so-good. And who's got your agent's back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. Gulf South Homes is a locally owned and operated mobile home dealership specializing in manufactured homes, modular homes, office units, and camps. Gulf South Homes offers land home packages on your land or ours. Our friendly staff will help you with parts and service and insurance. Did you know you can even custom design your home? And we work with the Restore Louisiana Grant Program. So see us today at 1986 Highway 182 in Homa or call 985-876-0222. The home of your dreams is waiting for you at Gulf South Homes. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. If you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. 
They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. At Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley Johns Blue Boot Foundation. One more segment to go, man. We've had a good show today. I want to thank, uh, who all did we have? James Schilling, Lance uh, Crochet, and also Taylor Griffin for the time. We want to thank them all so much for their support of what we're doing. Thanks to you all for listening to what we're doing. Uh, tomorrow's show, I'll get to our mailbag. We'll have some more call-in guests. And we'll, um, tomorrow, I'm going to do a Zion Williamson segment. You guys aren't going to be happy with what i got to say, but news today, Zion Williamson is, quote, not close to returning. Gee, I wonder who's been saying that. Oh, since he got hurt. Um, he's not coming back. And next year, he's going to come back, and they're going to promise us that everything's better, and then he's going to get hurt again. Because being 6'5 and 300 pounds and playing with the tenacity and the quickness and the speed and agility that he plays with, it's not conducive to the body. Uh, but anyway, I'll save all that for tomorrow. Tonight's betting picks, Clippers minus 2.5 over the Raptors. The Clippers have not been playing well since the trade deadline when they made some moves, but I think that at home tonight they're going to defend the home floor. The Raptors are not a very good team on the road, so I like the Clippers tonight. <clears throat> I like, um, let's go Atlanta, minus three over the Wizards. Atlanta's trying to get back into postseason position. You know, they're, they're playing for seeding, so I like Atlanta there. Tonight, let's go college basketball, Southland Conference Tournament Championship. I'm going to go A&M Corpus Christi minus two and a half over Northwestern. I've seen all the teams with my own eyes. I just thought, and I thought this at the time when I saw Corpus play, I still think it today. I think they're the best team in the conference. I think that they're going to get a win. Um, SEC tournament play tonight. I'm sorry, ACC tournament play tonight. I like North Carolina minus 11 over Boston College. North Carolina needs wins. To make the NCAA tournament, they've got to go on a big ACC tournament push. I think they're going to get a win. I like Georgia plus three and a half over LSU today at the SEC tournament. Why in the hell is LSU favored to beat somebody? That's um, a little fishy to me. So I like Georgia plus three and a half there. That's put a pins in today's show. I'm out of here, y'all. This is Casey Jisclair signing off. Have a great rest of the day. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. The French Connection, the all-new Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.